Welcome back to another special episode of Athens Grandma Podcast. It's episode 105, sorry, 108. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing good. I'm glad I can't count, apparently. <laughs> I'm uh, so. <laughs> but yes, it is episode 108. Uh, it's uh, We're getting up there, all right. Holy moly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. Uh, what's shaking down in Texas, my man? And nothing noteworthy in a, in a late. Now, did you get to get to go to DreamHack this past week? Like, it was, it, it was in not. Dallas. No, no DreamHack. I would have loved to have had somebody go and check it out and like be able to give the audience like a first-hand account of what the DreamHack was look like. I don't think here in Canada we're going to get them. So like, we're not going to get actual DreamHacks. Um, so I'm going to have to like, like content myself with the Canadian variant, which is going to be much less involved, I'm sure. Um, and anyway, but anyway, it would have been pretty cool to get a, uh, an inside take on what it looks like. It looked like a lot of fun. There's a lot of people there that were pretty cool. I've seen, I saw some photos and some Twitter posts and it seems like it was generally well received. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we hear about from more people and hear about how it actually played out. So, uh, but that seems pretty cool. Otherwise, how was pre-release for um, for Baldur's Gate? And I actually did not attend the pre-release this time around. Did you have to work it as an employee? Yes, I did. All right. So, you saw the the set from from like way out. Like you weren't playing it. You. You were administering the event. Um, were the were your were your customers excited? Were they were having fun? Was it did it look like a fun experience? And honestly, they I'm gonna be honest with you. Like this is the lowest attended pre-release I have ever seen. Like I don't really, really understand why. Yeah. We get about like seven or eight people to attend, but normally we have a full house for pre-releases. I would speculate that th- I'm going to be very honest. There's a lot of players out there that don't don't like Commander. All right, so anything that's Commander adjacent, they're not down with. They think that the whole idea of Commander is a little bit weird, a little bit strange, and it's not really what they like. Other people who like Commander don't like Limited. They find the idea of having to play with a substandard card pool is undesirable. Now, the cross-section of that results in a situation where people may not be as excited for the product to, to play it in, in store. Um, we also, I mean, I don't know, like, what weather is like for you, but, like, we're into the springtime here, so people may not be as, as excited to stay indoors, particularly if the weather's nice. I don't know what the weather was like in, down in Texas this weekend. I'm sure it was it was rather I'm sure it was warm like you guys have it warmer than we do but people might have been out you know doing stuff playing playing baseball you know soccer whatever they do on on a weekend with their kids and so you may have found people you know just don't have the same proclivity to go indoors and play magic at a shop I think all those sort of played a factor there into generating some underwhelming numbers but I don't think People, I think people are going to find in due course that this set actually is very good and that if they didn't get a chance to play it too much, that they're going to be, you know, maybe kicking themselves in a, in a few months. 
Were the people that were there having a good time at least? Yeah, from what I saw, yes. Excellent. Sounds like that's really all yeah, you great. Yeah, they get this. Like a majority of the decks that I was seeing were blue black. Really? Yep. I wonder if that's indicative of the of the power level of those two colors. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, the, the interesting piece with this one is like sometimes like when when these formats end up on arena, um, or MTGO, a number of the big like limited podcasts will break them down. But I think this one's going to be one of those ones that sort of lies around in obscurity because it isn't going to be coming to arena in the same way as it is, you know, as most draft sets like. New Capenna is just a draft format you can play on on Arena. There was even an Alchemy draft set this or draft weekend you could play on Arena for New Capenna this weekend. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that it isn't going to be on digital in the same way that it is in paper, because I do believe there is a Commander Legends Alchemy set that is coming out in a few weeks so that people can, can draft a variant of it. But uh, I think it's going to be heavily curated and heavily tweaked so that it's not looking quite the same. Anyway, it's all interesting stuff. Um, and, I, and like I said, I maintain that people are going to have, are sleeping on the set and like are not as impressed with the power level of the cards. Um, and are forgetting the fact that I think when Wizards doesn't push the power level to a 12... But rather, you know, sets it at a seven or eight and lets people explore different ideas and deck archetypes that we actually get, we do get some pretty fun and dynamic sets. So I think there's lots of good to be said for um, the uh, Commander's Legends, Baldur's Gate. Uh, if you stop, if people stop and give it an opportunity to, to breathe and like share, like get its feet wet with everybody's. But anyway, we can't control that, right? If people don't like it. Or if people are, I, I know there's a lot of people that are saving, sa- sitting this one out in the hopes that command, um, that the um, Double Masters that comes out uh, in July, which I think is what the story is, is going to be um, a big time, a big time win for people looking to get f- cool, funky reprints. So I don't know. There's lots going on, and I can appreciate some people. Will, some people not digging Commander, some people not digging Limited, some people not digging, just not wanting to spend the money, and it all resulting in kind of a lackluster first weekend. But hopefully that ch- that changes its tune in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, well, sounds good. Sounds like a, a, a busy weekend though down 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 there for you. Yep. All right, let's get on with some content, some uh, housekeeping stuff here, folks. So if you like what we do here on the show, you can always check it all out at thelotuscouncil.com. That is our home on the internet, and you can find the, bo- the podcast there each and every week. They have other things that go up there, videos, Twitch stream, uh, but, but without a doubt, the Discord is the place to come. The Discord is a terrific community of like-minded uh, Magic, Magic the Gathering players um, that, will, that are available. You can bounce deck ideas off people. You can ask people for... Um, you know, all sorts of great advice around what to do next, uh, what great, what's a cool format to play, uh, all sorts of great magic conversations and other, and other things too, but lots of great magic conversations. So if you like to talk magic, you like to have a, a great discourse with people, 
come and check it out. It's free to join. Um, you know, it won't cost you one, one, one cent, but is uh, a terrific uh, community, lots of great value added, and an excellent place to come and hang out. Come and check out thelotuscouncil.com. The link to the Discord will be in the show notes, so there's no fuss, no muss. You can just click it, come on in, and get to meet the whole crew that's there. All right, Lux, we've got three segments tonight. So segment one, we're going to do a little garbage or great. Segment two, we're going to talk about the new backgrounds. And then segment three, we're going to look at the Commander Legend pre-cons. Are you set? Yep. All right, so this week's card is Coffin Queen. This is a card out of Tempest. Uh, and so for two and a black, you get a 1-1 one, one Zombie Wizard. You may choose not to untap Coffin Queen during your untap step. I haven't seen that text on a card in a long, long time. But anyway, two black and a tap. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. When Coffin Queen becomes untapped or you lose control of Coffin Queen, exile that creature. So you can steal stuff out of people's graveyards with a coffin queen what do you think lux is this a good card and honestly like looking at it it has the potential to be either great or garbage yeah i haven't seen it very often and i saw it on this weekend i was playing um playing saturday night with some friends of mine and one of the guys was playing a moldrotha deck meaning you probably have some sort of situation where you're milling a lot of cards in your graveyard and Coffin Queen can allow you to pull them back out of your graveyard, put them back into play, um, which I think is interesting. It's an interesting way of, of using Coffin Queen. Um, you can also use Coffin Queen to, to go into your opponent's graveyards, unless I mistakenly reverse read Coffin Queen wrong. Um, let's see. Put target creature from a graveyard. Yeah, so you can go into someone else's graveyard. So if you're milling um, somebody, Coffin Queen can be very useful to go and get cards out of their graveyard and put them into play for you so i think that's a pretty interesting ability um all right let's have a quick quick discussion how many decks do you think coffin queen is in and i'm probably gonna say like at least in the lower hundreds well there's a little more than that there's it's, it's in about 1400 decks hmm. which is again um, not a small number, but also not as big a number as you might think for a card that seems to provide some interesting utility. I think what we're encountering here is a situation where the the casting cost and the imp and the body are underwhelming. The effect, while cool, is expensive. Like, let's be real. How many times in a commander game, Lux? Do you have the uh, like three mana lying around to activate Coffin Queen? I would argue that out of a bad position fast enough. Because, but I mean, like you gotta have a really good target out of your some out of your grid. If you're at it. 
just some 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 cute loops where you can like reanimate things from people's graveyards, like get stuff from your opponent's graveyards, and then sack them to whisper to you know to to get something else again. Like you can do some fun stuff like that, but I feel like that's a lot of loot, a lot of hoops to jump through. That is kind of you know avoidable. So I'm going to come down on the side and say this one's probably under is, is probably garbage. Yeah. Not that not that it's not interesting. It's an interesting card, and I think people should play it. But if the goal is to play cards and that are going to give you a chance to win, this is not this is not this is not the card. If you want to do something sweet and cool and fun, this card is the card for you. So yeah, I have they, to concede. It could, it could be a good card, but like the yield is just too low for that casting cost. Well, I mean. I, no, I don't think the, the yield is too low because I mean, like, if it, it, the yield is totally dependent on what's already in the graveyard. So if you've stocked a, your graveyard or an opponent's graveyard with lots of goody to good toys, I think that just the you know the 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 speed at which this is a, this is going to enter the battlefield and be effective is um, this is going to be a very much a late game play. Like you're doing this when you have. 9 or tw 9, 10, 11, 12 mana, which, you know, in many games, the game is over by then. So this is, this is too much incremental value that's cool, but not enough to, to push it into the standpoint of being a truly great card. So I think people should play it. I think people should have a, take a crack with it, see what they can do. Maybe I think it's going to create lots of great fun stories, but if the object is to win... This is not going to be the card to help you win. This is the story. This is a card that's going to help you have like some sort of like cool story. Well, here we go. This one's going to tell you. This is going to tell a cool story. Like, do you remember the time I reanimated your Hall Breacher Horror with my Coffin Queen? Hmm. Yes, please. That sounds like fun. <laughs> so, anyway, cool. So, Lux, final verdict: garbage or great? And honestly, they, I'm just going to remain on the fence and, uh, about this one because I'm just they, sorry, but like, I'm just not sure about this one. Like, it's not wowing oh. me. No, it's exactly. So it's not wowing me either. So I'm going to come down and sign the garbage. Um, although I will, I will put the caveat as much as it might be garbage, I think it should be, it would be fun. And so if you were looking for a fun time, then you go find a coffin queen and see what you can do. So anyway. There we go. All right, let's talk about the backdrop backgrounds. Last week we talked a little bit about backgrounds and pretty much how I've come to the conclusion that I think these are a really interesting take on partner, and that people really ought to be looking at these quite seriously. I think many players look at them and kind of go, "Bah, they kind of look like they're geared for limited," and I'm not so sure they are. I really don't think they are. I think they provide a lot of interesting flexibility um, that. Is really going to you know, spice up a lot of games. What it's going to do is it's going to give all those um, choose a background style commanders with lots of options for deck construction. We talked about that last week, and I think that's really important for them to be useful cards. But I also think that some of these have really, really potent synergies that you can utilize both as a backdrop or a background, and sometimes as a just an enchantment you put in your deck. In order to do something fun and cool. So today we went through and we ranked the top 10 of the new backgrounds.
things that I mean they're I they are 10 they're not necessarily in the like number one to number 10 order they're all sort of the top 10 ones that we sort of picked out as being things to be um opening with and being aware of and uh but these are all backgrounds that are going to be see I think quite a fair amount of play in the next uh couple of months all right you ready Lux let's go yep all right for up first we have clan clan crafter there's one in a blue legendary legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you have, uh, say two sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature and draw a card. So I, this one is from one of the precons. It's, it is a mythic. And this one I think is like just open, very open synergy with any artifact token lux. Like, could you imagine this going in like something like Brea or a deck that makes like a treasure deck, like a pirate's yeah. treasure deck or a <laughs> Like a Grixis, like I think this could be, this could be a lot of fun, and like sacrificing artifacts to draw cards. Like, are we for real? Like putting a pumping a thing and drawing a card for two mana. That seems like a pretty good, um, a pretty good rate, considering there's going to be blood tokens, food tokens, treasure tokens, and clue tokens. That are just mostly that most of us have just lying around on the battlefield. So seems good. I like this one a lot. Two mana is very appealing to uh, to cast it. So I don't know. I think that's this one's probably of all of those one of my favorites. But uh, it's coming clocking in at number nine today for us. Sorry, number ten. I mean, all right, number nine. Lex, what do you go ahead for us? What do we got tonight? In number nine, we have criminal past for two and a black. Legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own and have menace, and this creature gets plus X plus zero, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. So this is a self mill. This to me plays into self mill strategies. Um, and so if you're looking to KO somebody quickly, this sort of effect will turn your commanders into a Voltron commander very quickly and dome your opponents i think like there's not a lot to say we talked the deck we built last week um made use of this particular one but i think it's very much leaning into this whole idea around um putting creatures in your graveyard for value and pardon me so i mean i think also it's sort of the one that's innocuous enough that people aren't gonna people aren't gonna get upset at first until you mill a whole pile of cards and can swing for, you know, 8, 10, 12 damage. And then someone's going to sit up and take notice because Criminal Pass is going to be on their radar for a powerful card. Any other thoughts, Lux, on Criminal Pass? I mean, honestly, they, I can see this and definitely going good with, like you said, like self-mill or like, like a black-green like graveyard strat. Yeah, well, uh, I ha I hadn't quite thought of hadn't got as far as black green. I was thinking like, I was thinking mostly your Nethroid deck would like would be a type of deck that would really benefit yeah. from this. Yeah, big like, Nethroid. If Nethroid gets um this plus X plus O, and then can be granted like some sort of like unblockability, then you could knock players out of the game very quickly with yeah. this. Yeah, and all the, and all the while Nethroid is gaining you life. So. 
I think Criminal Past, you know, for me, ranks right up there as among the ones that I'm most excited to see and see and try. Um, mindful of the fact that it's probably there's gonna be games where it isn't very good, but I think there's lots of games where it's going to be very, very good. So, hey, they, Bruce, they, how disgusting would it be if I had this on Nethroy, but I also added uh, Faresi's on Nethroy as well? Well, now you're now you're infecting somebody right out of the game. Like, well, at least one person is dying, and that's all you can say. Someone's dead. So, at least somebody, if not everybody. <laughs> yep. Next, we have Street Urchin. Street Urchin, one in a red, uh, legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have one, sacrifice another creature or an artifact. This creature deals one damage to any target. So, okay, so your commander creature gains this ability. This creature deals one damage to any target. I need to look up the ruling around commander damage, but so if your commander gains this ability and is dealing damage directly to your opponent, is it dealing commander damage in the sense of like, oh, you got 21, you're done? Because that could be really useful on this derpy little enchantment. And you just need to have lots of creatures or lots of artifacts. And I think we have lots of different ways of making lots of different things for this to sacrifice so this could be really good um whether it's dockside extortionist playing with this like imagine dockside extortionist now gives you essentially unlimited fodder to ping um well whatever you need to ping you can ping down a creature you can you know go straight to the face you can kill a planeswalker just really good versatile and flexible card um. Yeah. So that's my thought. Street urchin. Any, any thoughts from you, Lux? How are you excited for this one? Yep. Pretty good. Like if you're yep. if you're gonna sacrifice deck, this looks pretty sweet. And like like this goes with marionette master. This goes with all those like sacrifice payoffs. Um. Like you could, it plays well with cat oven. Like it plays it legitimately plays well with cat oven. Like so, you could like like do a lot of different fun things with this. So I'm a big big fan. All right, next, what do we got? We have raised by giants for five and a grain, legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have base power and toughness ten ten, and are giants in addition to their other types. All I could all I could think of when I read this is like, this is what you put in a deck if you're looking to Voltron your opponents and kill them. Because yep. you put this on, like, you play this on the battlefield on, like, something that's hard to block, and now you're just going to get them. And whether it's Menace, or you have a, a, a shield as a protection, or something. <laughs> like, something. And, you know, this, this sort of card is, like, just going to give you lots of, lots of potential to, like, one-shot an opponent out of nowhere. So, yeah, they imagine this paired with the Colossification or Hydra's Growth, or even both. Oh, uh, I was thinking and, something, something yeah. in the neighborhood of like Teamer Battle Rage or an Ember Cleave or something of that ilk. Because, yeah, they, or, they, it's like it's kind of sad that you no know, one they people seem to have forgotten about Ember Cleave now that you no know, one like the Eldrain's no longer in standard, but like it is still really a good card. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. 
So yeah, like I think I think this is gonna be a good one. Um, I think people are going to sleep on it, but if you're in the market for a Voltron style deck, then I think Raised by Giants seems like a pretty good option. Um, it's a little expensive at six mana, but you're getting ten a ten ten giant, um, you know, as collateral. So, okay. um, all right. Next we have Master Chef. So, uh, this is this is me, right? Yeah, it is. Yep. Uh, to a green, legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have this creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it, and other creatures you control enter the, the additional with additional plus one plus one counter on them. So, this one caught my eye. So, anytime you cast a creature, you're going to be getting at least a counter. Right? So, it plays well with like cards like Grum Gully. Or it plays well with, I guess, the uh, uh, Broker's... Um, oh, the Broker's Ascendancy. Yeah. Stuff like that where you're just going to be able to put counters on your stuff. And then, anyway. It's, I, I like it. I like the card. I think it's really interesting from the standpoint of, like, making yourself your own sort of, um, I guess. Go ahead. What if you use this for someone like Jenny Faye? Oh, I feel because like it doesn't specifically say non-token creatures. It says creatures. It's true. It's true. This creature enters the battlefield with other creatures. Yeah, I mean Jenny Faye would would dig this. Like it goes right in Jenny Faye and all your token strategies. Um, because you're absolutely right. Like there's no reason not to play it as an enchantment in anything. It's gonna put on counters, and make you go wide. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Like, who doesn't love plus one, plus one counters? Well, yeah, exactly. It's like one of the most basic themes they have. Every, I think every commander player has at least a, command, a plus one, plus one counter deck, whether it's green, white, blue, green, uh, 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 what, Naya, Abzan. Like, everyone's got one, right? So, yep. anyway, may as well lean into it a little. All right, what we got next? And we have Accolade of Bahamut for one in the green. And commander creatures you own have the first dragon spell you cast each turn costs two less to cast. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that seems spicy, doesn't it? Yep. So, dragon decks are going to love this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. And then we all know dragons are expensive to cast. So, Ur, the Ur Dragon is going to go pick this up. And uh, I imagine our tables will soon be flooded with, with, uh, with dragons. And yep. facilitated by an accolade of Bahamut. Right? <laughs> uh, okay, up next we have Cultist of the Absolute. Do you want me to read it? You want to read it? This is yours. Okay. Cultist of the Absolute. If I can open the file. There we go. So, single black, legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own get plus three, plus three, and a flying death touch, ward three, pay th and pay three life. And... At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. <clears throat> so, I think this one, one mana for plus three plus three flying death touch ward three. That's a lot of text for a one mana like enchantment, right? Yep. So, you know, my thought is this: like, yeah, you have to you have to set this up such that 
you have you have sacrifice fodder. But like Endric Zar is good for that. Um, you can make sapperlings, you can make goblin tokens, you can do all there's all sorts of things that allow you to play cultist the absolute to great effect and power out through your opponents with like a, a much larger commander creature. So um yeah. I, I think the card is great. I I don't have anything to be complaining about. I think it's pretty good. Alright, so what do we got next? Next up we have Folk Hero for one and a white. Commander creatures you own have whenever you cast a spell that shares a creature type with this creature, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Well, that's I mean, it's a cool card. It's a it's it's a tribal card, right? For like if you're yeah. playing whatever tribal deck you want to get this into, it's fine. Um it's not super exciting because but it just goes in tribes and it's fine, right? Like sure. Like <laughs> <laughs> like, am I missing something here, Lux? I think that's pretty much sums this up. Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Passionate Archaeologist. Passionate Archaeologist, one in a red. Legendary Enchantment, background. Commander creatures you own have tap uh, whenever... Sorry, when, tap a red. Whenever you cast a spell from exile, uh, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target. Oh, sorry, to target opponent. So, this card, I think, is actually really interesting. So, whenever you cast something from your exile zone, which is, like, any card that has been foretold, or you have cards that are on high, like, you know, in not hideaway, because hideaway, I don't think is exile, but cards that are, um, oh, what am I saying? What is the, what is the word I'm looking for? Foretold cards that have been impulse draw with, uh, with, with red, mono red, I think are going to love this sort of card. And I think there's lots of it now. More and more, we're seeing them explore the idea of how far can we go with exiling the exiling creatures and cards for you to spell and have access with too. So I really like Passion and Archaeologist. I think it's kind of a fun, interesting take on that particular archetype. Yep. Anything else there, Lux, on Passion and Archaeologist? Nope. All right. Um, we have, let's see, we've got Agent of the Iron Throne up next. Yeah, Tuna Black. Is it, is it me? Did I skip one? No, oh, I didn't skip one. Okay, uh, I'll read it. Okay. Uh, legendary Enchantment background for Tuna Black. Commander creatures you own have whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. So... This is going to play really well with like like Sir Conrad decks um, or decks that are again heavy into treasure because you start sacking treasure, your opponents start dying. You play Marionette Master, you keep the you keep the snowball ro rolling, and I think before long people are going to be dead. That's my thought. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's not much else to say. Like it just seems good, right? It just seems like and these yeah. are. One thing I did notice there, Lux, and most of these, there was like, we did pick a couple that were more expensive, but most of them were two or three mana, meaning they're at a, uh, a price point on the curve that makes them very appealing to play. Would you agree? Yep. So, let's see. Let's finish this week's. Close these tabs. Close these tabs. Close these tabs. Okay, perfect. Okay. Let's go on to... Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Any last uh, discussion around backdrop uh, backgrounds or Lux before we move on? Nope. 
they seem pretty cool, don't they? I, they don't seem yeah. broken in half, but they seem like a fun, a fun option to to add a second color to your deck and do something fun with them as they go. So oh, yeah, big time. Anyway. So we've got uh, the number. We got four commander precons that um, have come out. Uh, or are coming out in support of uh, Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. And I thought we would take a little bit of time here to go through them, have a quick discussion around what we think about them. Um, and, you know, if you were going to be buying a Commander deck, which of the four you might purchase. So, let's have a look. We start with uh, Draconic Descent, which is the Is It one, with uh, Furkrag Cunning Instigator as your Commander, which is three blue-red for a legendary creature Dragon. And three, uh, three is the cost of. Uh, I forgot what was going on. Anyway, so yeah, three, three for five, which is a little disappointing from the stat standpoint. Let's see what else Furk Drag does. Um, flying haste. Whenever one or more dragons you control attack an opponent, go target creature that that player controls. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, if that creature had to attack this combat. You put a plus one plus one counter on Firkrag Cutting Instigator, and you draw a card. What do you think, Lux? Is, Fir is Firkrag cool? Yeah, he could be. Let's have a look at his deck. So you got some some Will and Kenrith, Will Kenrith, Rowan Kenrith. Those are fine. You're getting some pretty like I'm not gonna say you're getting interesting things, but you're getting like some big things. Um, you're getting so you're getting like a Kega the Tide Star, getting Dracoseth Maw of Dragons, you're getting Geode Rager at six mana, you're getting Territorial Hellkite, getting like these are these are a lot of expensive spells. Nimizit Perrin is what six mana, yeah, that's six. So, anyway, so the creatures are fine. I'm not hugely in love with them because I think they're a lot of them are too expensive to get to play reliably. So let's look. So if we're gonna play big spells, we have to have some good artifact ramp. So midnight clock, dragon's horde, signet, mindstone, bobble. Yeah, lots of good rings. Saw ring, is it ring? You know. So there we have it. <laughs> Any thoughts on this deck? There, Lux. Like, looks like it was pretty typical red blue. Yeah. Belly dragon knight list. Yep. Like, I think you're probably gonna want a Galazath in this deck before long, personally. But anyway, it's fine. All right, let's see the next deck there, Lux. Like we have Faldhorn Dreadwolf Herald. Uh, for one red and green, legendary creature human druid three three. Whenever you cast a spell from exile or land enters battlefield under your control from exile, create a two two green wolf creature token. One, and tap discard a card. Exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. So you're playing things from exile. We had a card, uh, one of the um, the backgrounds that cared about casting things from exile. This seems like pretty good. All right, let's have a look through. You have Champion of the Wild, so you can cast your creatures with, with haste. Sorry, not haste with flash. Um, Zenigos the Reveler makes mana and things that are pretty neat. The creatures look fine. They are. You know, a few of these things are, are particularly like Atali's uh, sticks out to me as being something that's very good. Managorger Hydra is usually quite good. Anyway, um, 
I'm thinking the card I'm most interested in this deck there is the Jessica's Will that gets reprinted in the sorceries. Um, and if anybody has seen Jessica's, Jessica's Will go and like break the game in half, um, it's been outstanding. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it seems, it seems like a fine deck, right? Like it seems okay. Yep. Kind of has a bit of a an enchantment something to it too, which is sorry, not something. Um, the adventure, you're going on an adventure mechanic from Throne of Eldraine. So. All right. We have the Mind Flayers. Oh, let's go back to that one there. Anything else you want to say about this red-green deck there, Lux? And they, I was going to make a little joke in how they chew to his name and a certain someone remained hidden from you. Well, Urabrask is there, so he's hidden, yep. and yep. he's giving your stuff. Is giving your stuff haste, which seems to be right on, right on, uh, on, on point. And then you get some big, big things like a battle, battle mammoth and Enrys forerunners. Um, Warstorm surge and this fits in here, which is pretty good. So yeah, I think that's pretty solid. Next are the yep. mind flayers. Mind flayers yep. get is captain, <coughs> the captain. All right, Lux, do you want to yep. read the captain? For three in blue, black, legendary creature, horror, pirate, three, six. Horrors you control have menace. Whenever a horror you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. At the beginning of your instep, choose target artifact or creature card in an opponent's graveyard that was put there from their library this turn. Put it on the battlefield under your control. So, yeah. I That's pretty cool. Um... Never kills combat damage to a player. I don't know who's gonna let this. Who's gonna let this like hit them anyway? Um, this deck also seems pretty cool. Anytime you get things like Hullbreaker Horrors printed into precons, that feels like a win. I don't know what you think, but I feel it feels like something pretty yeah. good. <laughs> um, the rest of it's fine. Like it even has a spell sky in it. Yeah. He's got a consuming aberration too, which is gonna yeah. be just just the best. Um so yeah, no, I think the, I think uh you got some 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 really sweet options to go here too, and if you do wanna, you know, shred it and build a different um air deck. Anyway. Looks fine. I mean I'm pretty okay with it. Some from some good cards, some things that are a little bit sus, but and then we have all right. Then we have party time. You want me to read party time? Yep. Okay, party time. Nalia Diarnis, one white black legendary creature, human rogue. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard spells for the top of your library. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, put a one plus one counter on each creature you control and control and those creatures. Anyway. Beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, put a plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain death touch until end of turn. I don't know how easy it's going to be to trigger Nalia DR Lease, but. Um, I do look at the list, and there are 39 creatures in this deck. <laughs> like, that's a lot. Yeah. 
So, uh, if you're into creatures, folks, uh, this seems like a very creature-heavy deck. Um, you get some cool things. You get like a Micaiah's the Lunark. You get uh, you're gonna get a anything with a with, yeah. I just think you get lots of cool cards, lots of cool creatures. Some of these are not particularly awesome. I mean, like Selfless Spirit's a really nice inclusion, but some of these other ones like um, but like a Mardu Strike Leader. Like, you're not going to get that into play very frequently and have it do anything. Because when Mardu Strike Leader attacks, put a 2-1 Black Warrior token on the battlefield, and it's a simple 3-2 with no evasion, no menace, no flying. It's just a 3-mana three 3-2. So, anyway. Seems like a good deck, again. Something fun. Yeah. Now, Lux, i got to ask, if you had to... Um, buy just one of these products. Which of them would you buy? Honestly, that's a good question. Like, like I really like and how like all four of them look. Yeah, I agree. But like, I mean, buying all four is reasonably expensive. So you only have time. Yeah. You only have budget for one. Which one do you think is going to be something that you're excited about playing? In like out of the four of them, I'd have to say the Mind Flayers one. Oh, interesting. Because I was, I think I want yeah. that red green deck. I think the yeah. red green deck is suitably different, in the sense that you you want to have you want to have things that are in exile to get grow your creature, grow your commander, grow easier. So I like I like that the red green deck. I think just makes. Yeah. It's, it's just different. It's not it's not like wolves, although it makes wolves. It's not a werewolf commander. It's another interesting take on red green that and you can certainly switch it up with like a and, and go and like switch in a Shishiro and play the Shishiro route through. But um I think this is just a cool cool little build. I think that'd be where I'd I'd go. I'd be buying this one here, the the red green Faldorn Dread of Wolf Herald. All right. Yeah. I think, Onyx, if you haven't tried to play precons, um, I do suggest you do it and you try. And before you go and change them, um, you have a chance to play them all against each other at their original power levels because I'm yeah. pretty sure they test them one against the other, and so you can get a pretty good game experience just to keep some precons flying around. Um, yeah, because they with the. Like with the new competent precons, the and uh, Riveteers, the precon, like that one. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I could say, these are all fun decks, and then people are going to really enjoy yeah. playing them. Um, yeah, so I don't, think, I don't think people are going to go wrong with like their money. Now, what are these? What what are these retail for at your store? Like, are they like are we talking like forty bucks, forty five bucks? What are they costing people? Yeah, and they we normally sell them for around thirty five, forty. Okay. Because here in Canada, like, they're now creeping up, like, 50, 55. Some of the ones that they have, like, an obvious, like, staple right away, they can hit 60, um, which, 60 Canadian, which is, I recognize, like, different currency. I know, audience, but um, it's, it's, it is getting steep to buy all, all four precons, which is why lots of people just opt for the, the one. Um, I'm, I'm sort of fall into that camp. I buy one, I set it aside, and 
Sometimes I play them, sometimes I don't. I've got, you know, three or four sitting in a box over here. Um, but anyway, good stuff. Fun fun times. Yeah. Fun times indeed. All right. Let's bring the show home. All right, Lux? You ready to go? Yep. All right. So kind of a quick one tonight. I will make up for it another week, folks, I know, because we're going to have uh, a night where we have uh, Judge Liam on with us. It was going to get pretty late for that one. Um, anyway. Uh, thanks very much for stopping by and spending some time with us. We always appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us and reach out to us on social media, you're always welcome to do so. In fact, we'd love to have people interact with us. If you want to email us, please email us at theepicexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. The link will be in the show notes so you can go find the address yourself. And if you, if you can't remember what I just said. Uh, on top of it, you can find us on Twitter at at epicexpcast. You can also find us on Instagram now at uh at epic exp cast those are our um that's our that's where you find us and if you want to talk to us that's probably the best place to reach out to us um anyway uh, as always you can leave a question like uh you know like something leave a comment follow subscribe any engagement you happen to have with um with with us on any of those platforms is going to ultimately do us very well you can also engage with us on moxfield where we have all our decks so if you want to see what deck we brewed last week, you can, you can go check it out at uh, at at, at moxfield.com at the Epic Experiment and our sorry the username is the Epic Experiment Podcast. Uh, next week we'll be back. Like I said, we'll be back with Judge Liam, and we are going to be talking all things uh, Commander Legends Baldur's Gate uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate uh, rules interactions, which some people. Are going to find boring but i think are ultimately some of the most interesting shows we've got because of the fact lux and i always ask questions about the broken things we want to do and the judges need to tell us that we can't do them so it's kind of feels like the judge is telling us not to cheat before we sit down to play isn't that about right lux yep <laughs> so if you want to hear how not to cheat and ruin the game next time you play with some new some friends uh come and check out next week's show you will not regret it. All right, everybody. Thanks very much. Take care. Have a great time playing Magic wherever you next do it. And until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best. Have a great one, folks. Take care. We'll see you.